0: The title of my message this morning is called, what is it called? Going Postal. Anybody ever heard of that term? It came, uh, became a terminology that people started to use many years ago when, um, I think it was like so shocking, I think it was like in the 80s when um, somebody went postal at the post office. And they were upset, they got mad, they were a disgruntled employee, and they went in there. And that was the first time that we had ever heard about it. And then we heard about it again, and we heard about it again, and so it just became a term. So whenever you hear the word going postal, what does that mean? Are you you sad? Are you glad? Are you mad? Are you angry? Are you enraged? Okay, going postal, you know what it means. If you've been watching the news during the last few weeks, you would have seen a lot of angry people all over the world. There are people in the Middle Eastern countries who are angry. Even people here in the United States, in Wisconsin, in Ohio, and even here at the state capital of California. We've seen people being killed in Libya because the president has ordered the army there to fire on his people. And he's angry with them because the people of his country want him to resign. Husbands and wives are angry with each other. Workers are angry with their bosses. Teenagers are angry with their parents, and vice versa. (laughs) For some of us, anger is a very big part of our lives. Maybe you are someone who feels like you live on the edge all the time. At any moment, man, you'll go postal. But in the Bible, there is a story of a man who had a lot of anger. This man worked 40 long, hard years to accomplish his goal of delivering God's people to the promised land, only to be turned away at the last minute because he did not control his anger. Now, most people would not think of Moses, the man whom God used to deliver the Ten Commandments. We would not think of him as a hothead. But the Bible shows us that he was. And there is a reason, and then there is a lesson for us today. I want to show you real quick a, a film clip of two ordinary people who got changed when they got angry. Go ahead.
1: Now, Rick, shut all power.
0: of you go, you know what? I live with that person. (laughs) I never knew that there was a she-hulk. That was a she-hulk. Not just a hulk, but a she-hulk. And some of you are going, yep, I know who that is. (laughs) If you look at your paper in Numbers chapter 20, we're going to read together verses 1 through 13, because this is the story of Moses. And let's read it all together. It says, in the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried, everybody together. And now there were no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff. And you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Now, what's the word that says there? What does it say? No, speak, the next word. Speak to that rock. Does it say hit the rock? It says what? Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, now this is where we see a little bit of his anger. Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. What was he supposed to do? What did he do? Okay. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I will give them. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he showed himself holy among them. Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. Ugh. Those words had to have been some of the most difficult words that Moses had ever heard. What a disappointment after leading these people for 40 years, listening to them complain over and over, bickering, griping, whining. 40 years, a million people. You think you got it hard? You got one kid, two kids, five kids, 10 kids, 15? This is a million. A million griping, whining, complaining kids, 40 years these kids never left home, and he listened to them. And then, at the end of 40 years, God took away his leadership before the work was finished. He did all the work to bring them here, and now someone else was going to take them into the land. I don't know about you, but does that seem fair? What well, we're going to see today why Moses was punished so severely by God. And as we do, we're going to see that the sin that Moses had is the same sin that we have. It is a sin that prevents us from experiencing the joy and peace of salvation here on earth. It can even make life feel like hell on earth. At times today, we're going to look at this deadly sin of anger. And believe me, it is a deadly sin. Because if there's anything that we need to repent of, something that we all have, it's anger. So today, I really want you to open up your heart and your life. And I want you to be open to the Holy Spirit because he's going to show you a mirror today. Some people don't want to admit they have anger. You think you're cool. You think you got it all together? I'm gonna show you a little film clip of somebody who thinks they have it all together. Show it now.
1: I told them that I didn't need to come here and see you, okay?
2: Well, I don't usually see people individually, but when I saw this tape of you getting arrested, I thought, I have got to talk to this woman. What is wrong with you? Why Why are you so angry?
1: First of all, ain't nothing wrong with me. Secondly, I'm not angry. Okay? I'm not angry. You seem angry right now. No, I'm not angry. This is how I am. I,
2: I don't have no hostility at all. But do you have to be in control all the time of everything? I don't have to be in control all the time. I ain't got no problem with that. Well, then why do you get so angry?
1: I don't get angry. I keep trying to tell you and that jerk that I do not get angry. If somebody do something to me, I do something to them. This is common sense.
2: So you believe in getting even? Hell to the yeah. Why do you feel the need that you got to get somebody all the time? It's like, get them, get them, get them. You don't think that's angry? If they got me, got me, got me, I got to get them, get them, get them. Yeah, that, that's what it, well, it is. But, well, what you call getting got is a whole lot different than what other people call getting got. It doesn't take much to get you, does it? Well, when you're getting got and somebody done got you and you go get them, when you get them, everybody's going to get got. Yeah, but if you're getting somebody that you say got you when they didn't get you to begin with, then you're getting the gutters when they didn't do anything to you Yeah, to but if you. the gotters get me, I'm going to get my glock. Yeah, well, but you don't get the Glock when you hadn't been got.
1: So what I'm trying to explain to you is I don't care who done got me, I'm going to get them first. You get me, I'm going to get you.
2: Why is it so important?
1: Okay, I'm tired of you asking me all these questions because I didn't sign up for this. This is the judge that told me to come here, okay? Everybody wants to get even. Everybody wants to get even.
2: Well, all right, well, all right, look. Let's just talk about your childhood, okay? Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your childhood. Childhood.
1: Let's talk about your childhood
2: <sighs> Talking about my childhood Isn't gonna help us. So what was your childhood like? What was yours like? You, why I, let's talk about your anger. That's why you're here, right? <sighs> I'm not angry. I don't know why I'm here. Let's just try another approach. Let's okay? try
1: another approach.
2: All right Do you sleep well at night? Do you sleep well at night? Let's try not to answer a question with a question. Could we do that? If Could you, we at least do that?
1: Yes, if we at least stop asking me all these questions, I won't have to answer a question with a question now, will I? Can you stop? Can you just stop? Can you just stop? Can you just stop?
2: Okay. Look,
1: Are you getting angry,
2: doctor? This isn't getting anywhere. This is not getting anywhere. No, I, I, think, I think I am going to talk to the judge, but Thank I don't you. think this is getting anywhere. I think we're done. Thank yes. you so much. I okay. appreciate that's it. that's Wonderful to uh, yeah, see you. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. uh-huh, right. Great. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Come on, Cora, let's
2: get the hell out of here. Wait a minute. Oh, well? This lady is out of control. She is... I, I can't help her. Wait a minute now, wait a minute now. Now, you're the best. Go see somebody else. I'm done.
1: Come on, Cora, help! Oh, what am I, gonna... I don't know who's gonna make me happen.
0: Some of us just act just like Medea. He said, why are you angry? Well, why are you angry? What's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong with you? We never want to admit there's a problem with us. It's always somebody else. Well, we're going to start in the notes right now. And the first point says anger, and the fill-in says Anger makes us say and do things we normally wouldn't. Makes us say and do things we normally wouldn't. See, Moses was told to speak to the rock and that it would pour forth water. But instead, Moses struck it. And he struck it not once, but twice with his staff. And I believe that Moses did this because he was angry He called these people rebels. You bunch of rebels. It was clear that Moses sinned. Otherwise, why else would God punish him? God said his sin was not trusting in him enough to honor him as holy in the sight of the Israelites. If you were to read the books of Exodus, and Leviticus, and Numbers, you would read consistently how Moses was angry with the people. He was angry a lot with these people. He was so angry, you know, the man had an anger problem. In the first instance, we read Moses was in a basket, going down the river, got picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, Raised up in the palace. But then the next time we read about Moses, he's killing somebody with his bare hands. That's a lot of anger. People don't usually use their bare hands anymore. They'll use a stick. They'll use a gun. They'll use a lot of stuff. But when you kill somebody with your bare hands, you got a lot of anger. And unfortunately, this anger did not leave him. He held it. He kept it. And because he did not deal with his anger, that anger caused him not to get into the Promised Land. He shows the anger by yelling at the people, calling them rebels. In my Bible, it also said, at once, because of this statement, when he called them rebels, at once, the accumulated anger exasperation and frustration of 40 years came out of his mouth. To understand what anger is, we need to know the meaning. Now, this might describe somebody here today. The meaning of anger is to snort, to be hot or passionate, to burn, to curse or scold, to storm, to rage, to be annoyed, to be disturbed, and to be unsettled. Now, even if we admit our anger, we find it easy to justify our anger and the actions that lead us to it. Was Moses not justified in being angry? I mean, all these people were frustrating him. After all, if you read the Bible, God himself has been angry. So why is it wrong for us to be angry when God has also? been angry. There's a difference between our anger and God's holy anger. God's anger is that of love, whereas our anger is usually personal and because we're concerned about us. God is slow to anger. We're quick. We are so quick. That's where road rage comes from. I watched so many road rage YouTube videos of people who just were, you know, in fact, I remember my husband and I were in New York, and we were in a car, and this guy was walking across the street, just strolling. You know how we have strollers? Just strolling down. And the guy was in the car waiting, and he literally got out of the car and said, hurry up! And the guy looked at him, and he goes, all right, and then he t- took a baby step. And then he took another baby step. And the guy came out of his car, and they got into a fight right in the middle of the street, right in the middle of New York City, because he wasn't fast enough. That's the difference between God's anger and our anger. Our anger's quick. God's anger doesn't lead him to sin. Ours does. James 1.20 says, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life, that God desires. See, we may feel that our anger is justified because of what people have done to us. What we say out of our mouth is, you know what, I am angry. She made me angry. And you'd be angry too if she did what she did to me. See, there are times and things that happen to us, but we are responsible for how we respond to them. Some people can take more abuse than others. Some people can just be set off with just a word. Like, excuse me, what? I saw some road rage, not road rage, bus rage on the Muni buses in San Francisco on YouTube. Dumb. Our anger is usually a response to pain and hurt. The sad thing is, is that anger causes us to hurt others, and so the anger continues to grow and grow. There are some people who even say, you know what? That's just the way I am. So there. But from God's word, it says that we are responsible for our anger. We may try to justify it by saying, well, I did it because I was angry. The sin of anger does not justify Sinful actions. Last night, my sister was watching a movie, and I walked in. and And in that movie, the woman was angry, and she was so angry she got all her husband's stuff and she started throwing it down the stairs. And then she got a mirror, and it was funny because as soon as she got the mirror, my sister goes, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" And she got the mirror and she threw it on the ground. And see, that's what happens when people get angry and they justify it and go, it's not my fault. He made me do it. She made me do it. They never want to take responsibility for their actions. But it makes us sin against God and against people. See, Moses sinned against God. He disobeyed him. He was supposed to speak to the rock, but he struck it twice. God was going to provide their needs. He was going to do it out of his grace. He was going to give them water out of a rock. And God would have provided for him. All Moses needed to do was to trust that God was going to provide. But Moses acted. He acted as if the results were dependent upon him and not upon God. And that is where we get into trouble. I've seen it over and over and over. How anger leads us to take action when we should have waited and trusted in God. There's an illustration, a story about a young man who was getting ready to graduate from college. And for months, he admired a beautiful sports car. And knowing that his father could afford to buy it for him, he told his father on several occasions, when I graduate, that's what I want. I want that sports car. I want that Maserati. Finally, on the morning of his graduation, the young man's father took him into his private study. His father told him how proud he was of him and how he had graduated with honors and how he was such a fine son and how much he loved him. And then he handed him a beautifully wrapped gift box. He was curious, but he was disappointed because he opened the box And in that box was a beautifully bound Bible with his name embossed in gold. Angrily, he raised his voice to his father and says, With all the money you have, you give me a Bible? And he threw the Bible at the wall and he stormed out of the house. And he left the Bible there. Many years passed, and the young man was very successful in business. He had a beautiful home and a wonderful family, but he realized that his father was getting old and he hadn't talked to him in years. And he thought, you know what, I should go and connect with him because he hadn't seen his father since his graduation day. But before he could make arrangements to go see him, the young man got a telegram. And the telegram told him that his father died and that he needed to come home and take care of things. When he arrived at his father's house, sadness and regret filled his heart. He began to search through his father's important papers, and then he saw the Bible that he had thrown against the wall so many years ago. With tears, he opened up the Bible, and he began to turn the pages. When a car key dropped out, from the back of the Bible. It had a tag on it with the dealer's name. And on the tag was the date of his graduation, along with the words, paid in full. How many times has our anger caused us to say and do wrong things? Secondly. Anger reveals what's inside of us, reveals what's inside of us, and makes us want our own way. The Israelites' anger blinded them to the fact that for 40 years, God had provided them with everything they needed. For 40 years, I don't know if you could understand the magnitude of this, but for 40 years, their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. 40 years, some of, some of us only, they have kids, they only last, what, three months? And then they fall apart. Their shoes and clothes never, ever wore out. They never got holes. They had heavenly bread. They had meat. For 40 years, they never had to work. And God provided for them. The immediate need for water, though, made them forget what god had done for them for 40 years and see that's what happens to us we have an immediate need and god has provided and he has met our need and we don't even know how we got where we got but now here we're we are and we don't have any gas and we're like mad mad at god i need gas now i need my rent now i need this now and the Holy Spirit says, Yeah, but didn't He? Bro- yeah, but you know what? That was then. This is now. And we get angry. We forget God's faithfulness of the past when our needs aren't met now. And then when they're not met, then we begin to dump on others. Because the root problem is that we're angry at God, we're angry at the way things are going. But we can't say we're mad at God. So we'll get mad at our spouse. We'll get mad at our kids. Our kids ask us to go to McDonald's, and we scream at them, what do you think? Money grows on trees? But you're not mad at them. You're mad at God. Your spouse says they need this or they need that, and you start yelling at them. The bill collector calls, and you start yelling. You yell at everybody. But you're mad at God. Because your needs aren't met when you want them met and how you want them met. We know how foolish it is to shake our fist at God. So what we do, we shake our fist at other people. We get mad at other people. They cut us off on the traffic, and we're shaking our fist at them and yelling at them, and it has nothing to do with them. We get angry with everybody. We feel like everybody has let us down. But ultimately, we're looking at God and say, God, you let me down. See, our anger at others is really just an unspoken frustration with God and his providence. Because what we're actually saying is, if God is in control, then why is everybody around me so incompetent? Why is everything around me not working if God is in control? We think that everything's supposed to go smooth around us if God is in control. And God says, I'm working to mold you and make you and, and, and shape you into more like me. And you're like, I don't want that. I just want to be, have a smooth road. When you're angry or frustrated, what comes out? What comes out of your mouth? What comes out of your hands? What comes out in your attitude? Because I want to let you know something, that whatever comes out, that's what you got on the inside. That's what you got on the inside. You can never say, he made me do it, she made me do it, they made me do it. No, you got it on the inside. Nobody makes you do anything or say anything. You do it because that's what you got on the inside. Our true character is revealed, not when we're in control of things, but when we're not in control. When we're not in control, oh my gosh, some of us don't even know how to function. We just want to close the door and just wait, wait until we can get control again because then we, we know how to function because when things are out of control, When you hit traffic and you have no control over when it's going to clean up, when you have a detour and you don't know how far it's going to take you, when things happen, when your boss changes your job without consulting you, when your kids do things and they don't tell you first and you don't have control, how do you act? In desperate and disappointing moments, when our priorities are all over the place, that's when we really show our true face. Some of us become the Hulk and the (laughs) She-Hulk when our back is against the wall. Anger is probably the most destructive of all the negative emotions because it comes from within not from without. It comes from who you really are. No one makes you get angry. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, nobody makes you get angry. Now, I know some spouses are saying, na, 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 I can't make you angry. And it's true. Your spouse cannot make you angry. I know you, you want to blame them. You're looking at your kids and you're going, it's their fault. You want to blame somebody for how you feel. You want to just choke somebody. You want to just kick something. You want to just yell and scream. And you want to blame somebody. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. There it is. Look in the mirror. Because anger is a response that you choose. You choose it. You can decide to respond differently. It's your choice. You can decide to respond with peace, or you can decide to respond with curse words. Your choice. You are always free to choose. That's what you got. You have the freedom of choice. It's your choice. Sometimes anger is triggered by pain. Sometimes it's triggered by the feeling or the perception that somebody is attacking you. Sometimes anger is triggered by, you know what, they're taking advantage of me. Man, that is such a tool of the enemy. Because when you come to church, one of the prayers that I remember praying, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. And then guess what? The Lord starts using you. And then you pray, Lord, they're using me. Make up your mind. You're not being taken advantage of. That's the enemy. That's the tool of the enemy. You are always free to choose. It is a reaction that you have when things don't work out, when people don't behave the way you expected them to behave. Anger is... Uh, an emotion that can be set off that quick. Angry outbursts, listen to me, those of you who have this problem, angry outbursts are a sign of weakness. They tell everybody, you lack maturity. You lack self-control. Someone who gets angry all the time is responding like a child with no self-discipline. you got to nip anger in the bud. The best way to deal with anger is to stop from becoming angry in the first place. Decide in advance, I'm not going to blow it. I'm not going to let this person let me get angry. I refuse. Take control of your tendency to blame somebody else or lash out at them. Say to yourself, I'm responsible. T- say it right now. I'm responsible. Who's responsible? I'm responsible. Who's responsible? I'm responsible? OK, you're responsible. Now, you may not be responsible for being cut off in traffic, but you are responsible on how you react. When you feel anger coming, and you feel like, oh, that person just cut me off, do not follow them. Do not curse them. Do not yell at them. Let it go. Try to understand where is this anger coming from, because it's coming from within you. Don't let that negative emotion control you. Because when it controls you, you become a different person. You become the Hulk and She-Hulk. Now, let's get back to Moses. It seems that Moses got fed up. After 40 years of dealing with these people, the lack of respect, he overstepped his bounds. And instead of saying God is going to bring forth water for you, you know what he said? Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Since when did Moses have the power to do that? Basically, Moses was taking credit for something only God could do. And that is why he lost his opportunity to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. As far as I know, as far as I know, this was the only mistake, real mistake, that Moses had made in 40 years. The only mistake. Okay, he had gotten angry before, but he repented. This was the only mistake he made in 40 years. Can you imagine living your life, a holy life, for 40 years, and then you blow it one time? And you're out. You're done. You can't come in. Doors are locked. Mm. You can't go. That's what happened to him. He put up with all of these quarrelsome Israelites for 40 years. And he couldn't go in. And I really believe that this is a lesson for all of us. That we need to understand that anger... Anger can disqualify us. It can make us do things and feel things and say things and react to people in an ungodly, unspiritual way that could actually be the emotion that leads us and guides us in our daily life. For some people, some marriages, it's unfortunate that there are some spouses who are afraid of their spouse. They're literally afraid of their spouse. They don't know how their spouse is going to react. They don't know what they're going to say, how they're going to respond. And so they walk on eggshells. That is not a healthy marriage. And that's why if you have anger here this morning, you got to get it together. You got to repent. You got to get it your life right with God because your inability to control anger says you got a problem. You got an issue. It's not your spouse, it's not your boss, it's not your neighbor. Who is it? Who's responsible? I'm not responsible. You are responsible. <laughs> Who said I'm responsible? You are responsible. I know it has to be the home. See, the home doesn't want to claim responsibility. (laughs) You're responsible. Anger wants us to get even. Anger wants us to even the score. Just like Medea was saying, I want to get before I get got. I can't do that whole thing because, man, she knows how to do it. but, But that's how some of us are. We laugh, and you know why we laugh? Because that's who we are. We want to get before we get got. We use anger as an excuse for harsh words. There are some people who use abusive words to their family. And then they come back and they say, I'm sorry, but it's your fault. Because if you wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have done this. If you wouldn't have said this, then I wouldn't have said that. If you wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have thrown that up against the wall. And there are men who are abusive, and there are even women who are abusive. They're abusive to their husbands and they're also abusive to their kids and men who are abusive to their wives and they're abusive to their children. And they never take responsibility for their issues. It's always somebody else's fault. And I'm going to tell you something, that if you don't get your life together, your emotional life of anger together, you can disqualify yourself. You can look like You got it all together here. You took a shower this morning, I hope, brushed your teeth, I really hope. You look good. But you know what you're like? You're like a glass of water. You're like a, this is a glass of water, and this is another glass that looks like water. And the water is good. The water is fresh. The water is clean. The water is repentant. The water is letting God do a work in their life. And you can drink this water. It looks good. This glass looks like water, too. But when you put it up to your nose, it's vinegar. Looks like water, acts like water, until you get up close. And then it's really vinegar. What do you got on inside of you? You got water or vinegar? One moment of anger, a person can commit the most heinous of crimes that you wouldn't even think of doing in a rational moment. You can assault people. You can murder. You can commit sexual immorality. Even if we don't kill someone physically, we can kill them with our words. How many times I remember my husband telling me, you're not the Holy Spirit. I used to try to play the Holy Spirit, and I know some of you tried to. I would try to play the Holy Spirit, you know how? By pointing out areas that he needed to change. You know, that, that's the Holy Spirit's job, but, you know, sometimes he was just working too slow. I needed to help him. So I would just try to, you know, this area and this area and this area, and he would say, you know what, you're not the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do the work in my life. Ah, then, then let him do it. He goes, I am. But it's too slow. <laughs> You're not the Holy Spirit, and neither am I. Sometimes we get desperate. We get angry. And that's never a good place to start. You know why couples fight? Some of you are going, tell me, why do we fight? You fight, number one, because you think you're both right. And you're going to go down with the ship. You're right. You are right. You are right. Both of you feel that your point is justified. So what you try to do is you try to make the other person understand your point of view. And after all is said and done, after you get everything out that you want to say, and maybe some other things underneath your breath that you didn't, really say. But you know what really the whole point and the whole reason that people fight? The whole problem is that we're fighting to feel appreciated and validated. That's all we want. We want somebody to appreciate us. We felt unappreciated, and we get angry. We felt undervalued, and we get angry. We felt—we feel not validated. And we get angry. And so we strike out at our loved one. We strike out at our spouse. We strike out at our children. Because we want them to appreciate us. We want them to value us. We want them to validate us. But man, can we be stubborn. We just want things to be fair. The pain that they they caused us, we want to cause them. And you know what? I'm going to let you know something, if you don't already know life is not fair. Did you know that? If you think life is fair, I don't know what rock you grew up under, but uh, but life is not fair. When you look at other people and say, how come they're always getting blessed? Life is not fair. Third, point on your notes, anger mistrusts God's holiness. It mistrusts God's holiness. Just like Moses, we fail to honor God as holy. We fail to see his grace at work. And when grace is used as a club to clobber those that bother us, in anger, we forget God's grace. See, Moses refused to believe in the power of the spoken word. A simple word, that's all God told him to do. Speak to the rock. When we forget God's grace, then we pick up a club or we pick up a staff and we want to get even. We forget God's holiness. As a parent, if your anger to your child's disobedience is so great that you cannot go and explain to them what they did or if you can't even ask their forgiveness, then you just pull the Boses. You're beating the rock instead of speaking to it. There are many parents I grew up not really being spoken to. But I tried to change that with my children. Both my husband and I, we tried to do things differently. That's not to say they didn't get hit. They did. But they actually got spoken to. And I've actually had to ask their forgiveness many, many, many times because that's what we're supposed to do. I know that my great-grandparents and my grandparents grew up in an era where you didn't ever apologize to your child. I mean, you just didn't do that. That was not culture. Well, cultures change. And one of the things that as a parent you need to understand in case you don't know you're not perfect and because you're not perfect you actually need to ask your children for forgiveness sometimes that's important so anger makes us act and do things that we normally wouldn't secondly anger reveals what's inside of us and makes us want our own way third anger mistrusts God holiness so how should we deal with anger Number four, and this is the last point, learn to express anger slowly, slowly. The scripture there says in Proverbs 14, 29, slowness to anger makes for deep understanding, but a quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. That's the word of God. Some of you are stockpiling stupidity. Proverbs 15, 18 says, a quick-tempered person stirs up dissension, but one who is slow to anger calms a quarrel. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. That's the Bible. Some of you got some lumpy heads. See, the idea is we are to become more like him. God is slow to anger, and that's how he wants us to be too, slow. Right there in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. If you are married, let me tell you this. Don't go to bed, Matt. Stay up and fight. There were times when we didn't go to bed till late. I don't mean fight, fight. You know what I mean. Don't be using me as, as an excuse. <laughs> Pastor said we need to fight. No. I should change that. Don't go to bed, Matt. Stay up and Talk. Okay. Just sounds better. (laughs) Talk it out. Fight it out. Being angry is not a sin. But it is a warning flag that if we don't express our anger correctly, we could fall into a sin trap. So the idea is that we have to deal with our anger. We need to confront the issue head on. We don't hold on to anger. We don't nurse it. We don't feed it, we don't keep it, we let it go. So I have some growth principles here for anger. Number one, admit to God, I got a problem. That's the first thing some of you got to do. You got to admit you got a problem. Secondly, you got to find a prayer and accountability partner. Somebody that will hold you accountable for your anger. Somebody that's going to pray with you. Somebody that's going to help you in your anger. You need an accountability partner. Number three, renew your mind with God's word. Be slow to anger. Slow. And there's so many scriptures. There are almost like 386 scriptures that have to do with anger in the Bible. And you can find them and you can learn how to memorize them. And number four, this one's gonna be a hard one. This is really applying the word today. Practice learning to slow down by A, drive in the slow lane once or twice a week. Come on, drive in the slow lane. Number two, fast from honking. There has to be a bow of silence. Keep your hand off the horn. Number three, eat slowly. Chew 15 times before swallowing. Some of you do not chew your food. You inhale it. (laughs) Chew 15 times. And D, find the longest line and get in it Some of you are going, "Oh no, I can't. I that would just like take me over the edge." I mean, that is like the ultimate. Go to the DMV and stand in the longest line? Go to the grocery store, the market and stand in the longest line? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm telling you. These are the ways to learn how to get a hold of your anger. Because it's trying to get to where you need to go. It's not looking at what we have on the inside that's causing anger to stay in our life. And we need to deal with it. So what I'm going to do right now Is I'm gonna have you each pray for each other. I'm gonna have you break up in groups of two and three. If you're married, maybe just two of you. If you're not, then get around three. And I want you to share an area that you need prayer in, and then I want you to pray for each other. So everybody stand, break off into two or three. Don't leave, don't try to escape just because you're angry. Find two or three and begin to share an area that you need prayer in when it comes to anger. And let God, let God do what He needs to do. We should break up this group right here. Yeah, it's supposed to be two or three. Jesus, I pray right now for every person in this room. Lord, that you would help us to deal with our negative emotion of anger, that we would learn how to take responsibility, that we would learn, Lord, that you are using situations and circumstances to grow us and change us and challenge us and shape us into a mold that looks just like you. Lord, I pray for marriages oh god where anger has been an issue i pray that you would deal with the husband or wife lord that they would no longer cast the blame on their spouse but they would take responsibility i pray for those who have been angry with their children lord that you would remove that anger from them also and teach them how to love and nurture them in the admonition of the lord i ask lord that you would just transform us into the men and women and young adults and, and even young people, Lord, that would glorify you in every part of our life. And Lord, we would just want to give you glory and honor. Not one of us, oh God, want to be disqualified. Not one of us because of our anger. Teach us to control it, Lord, and take responsibility. And we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we all set? Amen. Give the Lord a